episode 9 is protestingly sponsored by Carpo's Communications, building redundancy into every product we sell. Monson Jackson, Series 1, Episode 9, Pain. Lisa Tars pressed end on her throat comms. Well-paid news travels fast. Elijah was dead. It didn't take a genius to work out what was coming. A righteous killer, armed, focused, and with a single-minded idea of who was to blame. By now, he would be working out where she was, right back at the start, hiding in plain sight. It didn't even matter if Monsoon was wrong. He wouldn't listen. There was too much history. Too many reasons to ignore such inconvenience as truth. Perhaps she was guilty, ultimately. The problem with running a large, successful criminal empire is that others often felt the need to take the initiative, to prove themselves worthy of recognition and promotion. The foundations of buildings in the business district were lined with such ambitious people. Lisa sent out a flash message asking if anyone wanted to claim the kill. She knew indirectly asking... Most would assume claiming responsibility was a stupid idea, but, well, she had to ask. A flurry of responses came back claiming no knowledge and how they would never do such a thing without her consent. Sycophants aside, the point was well made. Killing those closely associated adversaries was not considered good business practice. Same reason for not killing the protagonist. It wasn't that they couldn't be killed, anyone could be killed. It was that killing them would unleash a level of inconvenience that, frankly, no criminal business needed. The Solar Force made it clear that an attack on one of their own, past or present, was an attack on them all. They had made this exceedingly clear in the past, burning down warehouses containing stolen goods with the criminals strapped to the boxes, or finding family members suddenly guilty of the most heinous of crimes. Fear was a tool for all. Naturally, according to investigations... These were always perpetrated by rival criminal gangs, but everyone knew. This level of escalation, while it could certainly be matched, would mean a long and extremely costly engagement from the criminals. The administration alone was cost prohibitive. Trying to wage war on the solar force, whilst also conducting your day-to-day enterprises, was a logistical nightmare. It wasn't fear of reprisal, therefore, that stopped the most successful criminal organisations. It was simple economics. Even as a wanted killer, Monsoon still had friends in the force. And Lisa was much smarter than that. Lisa was at the top of the pile with success. Growing up in a loving and nurturing home, she'd grown restless. Then bored. Then angry. Life shouldn't be this banal. Helping others, being kind, dedicating your life, your single life, to selfish, whiny, lazy others. That was no way to live. Lisa's first attempt at breaking the law had met with mixed success. She was caught taking goods awaiting tax and transport stamps from several portals. At only 15, she'd figured out how to get the goods without being seen. 
More impressively, she'd completed several successful runs before a lucky security guard happened upon her. Naturally, the security guard claimed it was down to vigilance and not, as was the case, the fact that he'd been sneaking off work to grab another lunch from a street vendor. What no one realised at the time was that this had taught Lisa a valuable lesson. Not in behaviour, obviously, but in how not to be the one who was caught. It was easy to recruit desperate people. She offered to do all the thinking in turn for their allegiance. Most jumped to the chance. Thinking was old-fashioned and best left to their mobile devices. For the few who expressed their concerns to the local Solar Force officer about what she was up to, they quickly found themselves silenced. The no-witnesses, no-prosecution rule still held. Death was normally through poisoning, which was extremely difficult to avoid when you needed to eat and drink on a daily basis. Of course, there was nothing to tie these deaths back to Lisa. But the investigations helped to promote her reputation. Nothing like the forces of good being your own personal PR machine. From there, Lisa never looked back. Her parents were horrified at how she turned out. They'd spent far too many hours hosting private events to explain to their friends how it was just a phase. In the end, they stopped hosting these events, then stopped mentioning her at all. Friends stopped asking how she was doing. Friends stopped giving their opinion on how Lisa had turned out, how it was difficult raising an only child, but that they weren't to blame. A few months later, her parents died in a transport accident. The heavy lift driver had been drinking. The tape over the intoximeter was evidence of that. It was, though, perhaps for the best. They were a weak spot in her organisation, something others could exploit if needed. If the heavy lift driver thought he would be thanked, he was badly mistaken. When the Solar Force officers had arrived to collect him for the trial, they were not that surprised to find him in various parts around his residence. From the tears in his skin, it was clear that this was not a professional hit, but something far more personal. Naturally, at the time, Lisa was far away hosting a business event. She was surrounded by a lot of people who were keen to stay alive and the first to report she was definitely in the room with them at whatever time it was the murder took place. Lisa wasn't proud of her reaction. While the industrial exoskeleton had performed well in human skin, revenge was petty. It showed weakness, showed emotion. On the upside, the act had further cemented her reputation as someone to keep happy. And now, it was over. There was no soft underbelly for her competitors to attack. She would build her empire and live a long and wealthy life. Lisa slid open a concealed panel on the desk in front of her. She touched the console inside. She stood still, allowing the automatic needle to puncture her skin and run a DNA sample. After a second, the console went red, then black, switching itself off. She withdrew her finger and sucked a small wound to aid healing. The grinding of metal and distant klaxon noises signalled the building was going into lockdown. She knew Monsoon would still be in flight, but was only a few hours away. It was better to be ready for him, given he would be in no mood for light conversation. Monsoon stepped off the craft with purpose. The bag he was carrying was heavy and cumbersome. On his way out, it knocked into a few people. They turned to complain, but the look on his face bought their silence. This was something they definitely did not want to be part of. Monsoon moved with purpose. He could feel the moleskin starting to fail. 
he had to get inside. Of course, one of the perks of being an investigator was that you knew the best places to hide, because often the people you were looking for would be hiding there. Monsoon purposefully walked out, using one of the least used routes, feeding the spaceport. The area was crowded with musicians, jugglers, poets, magicians, speakers, and all manner of people desperately keen to pretend that they could get by without a proper job. No, that wasn't fair. He knew that. But nonetheless, very few were keen to walk among the actors. The surge of cheap transact devices pushed at you, asking you to swipe for just a few credits was enough to deter most. The days were long gone of patting pockets and pretending you were as broke as them. Monsoon scattered a decent handful of burn tokens around the floor. The ensuing rush to collect created a swirl around him as he disappeared into a dirty, foul-smelling side street. Only one set of eyes followed him. Monsoon ducked into an alcove and placed an e-key into the door recess. By now, he was sure he hadn't been followed. As the key was read, Monsoon spasmed. The moleskin was finished. His cellular structure was reverting back. The door beeped and swept open. Monsoon grabbed the e-key and clutched it tight. Monsoon fell inside the shop. The door swept shut with a comforting, secure click. He hit the ground, dropping his kit back. Monsoon writhed around, fighting to stay conscious as he changed back into a familiar form. It had been a long time since he'd used a moleskin. He'd forgotten how bad this got. After 20 minutes, or what felt like an eternity, the pain began to subside. He was exhausted and nauseous, but that had to wait. Monsoon dragged himself up using a nearby table. There was only one option. Not a sensible option, but a necessary one. It was a complex cocktail of drugs designed to keep you going long after your body had decided it was time to stop. Favoured by the military for many years, the side effects had become too... expensive. Of course, it was predictable what a strung-out soldier being forced into psychosis while carrying a loaded weapon would come to. Historically, though, those young psychotic soldiers had been somewhere else, serving their country when they snapped. But these days, with little in the way of interplanetary invasion, it happened very much in each homeworld's backyard. And if the military really disliked something, it was when they could not pin the blame on someone else. The drug packs, known as kickers, were duly sent for incineration, so naturally vast shipments never made it. Kickers were great for closing that business deal while dealing with six different time zones and, in some instances, different days. Students found it enabled them to finish the essay that, while they'd had eight weeks to write it, they'd left until the last hours. And great for those out for a good time that would never end, except it would, like it did, every single weekend. These days, kickers were low in supply. It was too expensive to manufacture and had been replaced with better, cleaner, nicer, friendlier drugs since then. As a detective, Monsoon had collected an eclectic range of items over the years, some he'd handed over to the proper authorities, but most had been kept back just in case it might come in useful, like now. He stood unsteadily and made his way deeper into the shop. He found the hidden panel and pressed his finger against it. There was a delay. The moleskin was still leaving his system, not everything was it should be yet. Eventually, the panel read his fingerprints and beeped. 
a hidden door opened. This had originally been used to hide all manner of things while it was a shop. Monsoon saw no reason to change that. He dragged himself into the room as the lighting blinked on. His fingers brushed one of the panels and a drawer slid out. There they were, the little brown tablets. Definitely not more than one under any circumstances, except now. Monsoon swallowed two. The effect was almost immediate. His pain receptors deadened, chemical production went into overdrive and his senses sharpened. With that, he pushed the drawer shut and walked tall back out into the shop. He adjusted his posture, checked Mary Jane was holstered comfortably and put on a breather to disguise his face. Then, for a moment, he stood in silence. It was time. After careful navigation, Monsoon arrived at the rear of the council chambers. He sprung open the secure door with little effort and slipped inside. His demeanour and purposeful walk kept those he passed quiet. There was someone who knew where they were going. It was not for them to stop him and ask to see his ID badge. He was bound to be allowed to be here. Only someone with a badge would walk like that, a person with questions to ask. So they busied themselves. Monsoon arrived at the chairman's door. It was protocol to press the call button and wait. Monsoon kicked the door open and went in. And there he was, Councillor Bell. A man who was everything wrong with politics and cared little in governing the people for the best. So naturally, he was always voted back in. People were idiots. Despite Monsoon's sudden arrival, Councillor Bell remained calmly in his seat. This was a man used to being the winner. Well now, as I live and breathe, Monsoon Jackson, space detective. An all-round hero of justice for the people. Councillor Bell smiled at him, but Monsoon did not break his stride. He walked up to Councillor Bell and pressed Mary Jane against his chest. Where is she? Councillor Bell's smile twitched for just a moment. Not much, but... As with poker, a mountain of indication for someone who knows what to look for. Monsoon pressed Mary Jane harder into his chest. He pulled down his mask. You know why I'm here. Tell me and I'll leave you unharmed. Monsoon noticed Councillor Bell's finger sliding towards the panic button. In a single movement, Monsoon snapped the finger up, breaking it. Councillor Bell stifled a yelp and did all he could to maintain his calm smile but he was starting to sweat. This was not how things went in his world. Everyone, every single one, did what he wanted, when he wanted. Problem was, he was in Monsoon's world now, whether he realised it or not. He pulled himself together. We're not going to kill me, Monsoon. Whatever you threaten, you're on the right side and want to stay there. People don't do your job for long after they've slipped. Monsoon relaxed Mary Jane and holstered her. Councillor Bell relaxed a little. He had the upper hand again, didn't he? You shouldn't have come for her, Monsoon. Your relationship with Lisa Tors is about as public as criminal investigations can get. And the entire Solar Force is looking for her killer. Monsoon sat himself down on the edge of the desk, just in case Councillor Bell tried to reach for the button again. Councillor Bell interpreted this as a sign of acquiescence. 
His smile grew. He was back in charge. Except, Monsoon produced a small digifile. It was clearly marked, Cluner Family, Murder Investigation, KLF 1992. Thought you'd recognise this. Councillor Bell thought, just for a moment, he could bluff and bluster his way through. He could try, but this was Monsoon Jackson. Everything was done with purpose. Justice was done. That family's financial contributions have been most well received. It was not your decision to shame them for something you had no proof of. Monsoon tensed. The kicker prevented his usual cold reserve. Their son had a family murdered because he didn't like being told off. You had no proof. Your dislike of the wealthy tainted the investigation, and so I stepped in to put things right. Monsoon pressed the digifile and a holographic video played. It showed Councillor Bell at a meeting. On the table was a container stuffed full of burn tokens. The lid was shut and Lisa Tors exited the room with it. Monsoon stopped the video. I could play more, but you already know what this was. Of course, you didn't know the latest security patch updates had unlocked your desk viewer. No way it could be used in evidence, of course. But what if she isn't there to protect you any longer? How long until the wool starts circling you? Councillor Bell looked ashen. Despite his best efforts, he knew where this was going. He was calculating the best option for himself. Go back to where you started. That's all I'll say. The councillor tried his best to look stoic. The finger was causing him a lot of pain. Monsoon stood up. He slipped the digifile back inside his jacket. He put the breather mask back up. In a well-rehearsed motion, he unslung Mary Jane and shot Councillor Bell in the head. The only time we'll agree, Councillor Bell. Monsoon arrived back at the shop. He knew it wouldn't take long for Councillor Bell's murder to reach the right people, who, in turn, would sell on that information. A few degrees of separation between the murder and Lisa Tors being told. Monsoon relaxed. He had to give the chain of events time to hit. Time for the ramifications to play out. For people to make their best choices. To calculate what to do next. How this would play out. In the meantime, Monsoon needed to relax. This wasn't his first kill. Being a space detective took you that far. But it was the first time for pure revenge. People had tried to tear his world down, and he was running on adrenaline. Of course, it wasn't the best way to react. But here, now, it felt right. The emotion, no doubt spurred on by the kicker coursing around his system, nudged loose a memory he'd kept suppressed. That damn trial. It nearly finished Monsoon's career with the Solar Force. For a moment in time, nothing felt good. All eyes on him. Once again, justice was being bought. Monsoon had evidence, he had witnesses, but that was nothing compared to the outcome the powerful wanted. She was only a junior surgeon, trying to make some money. Yes, okay, cutting for money was malpractice, but in the grand scheme of things, she'd only done it to help those who couldn't afford surgery fees. 
and nothing purely for vanity. She was a skilled surgeon for one so young, repairing scars, eyes, muscle and other complex requirements, but only ever for the right reasons. To make people smile again, to make them feel normal, to make them feel like they belonged in a society that still, despite everything it should have learned, judged on looks. And the payments were fair. The patients had even offered to give evidence to that fact. But as poor as the legal aid lawyer was, even he didn't think it was a good idea to have people openly talking about the work they were trying to deny she did. Worse, she'd refused to undertake a surgery on ethical grounds, because the person in question had assaulted young people. But, it turned out, the person she refused was connected, and they wanted her future destroyed, as they had done to so many before her. Monsoon spent weeks building a case to discredit her accuser, and the die was set. He was willing to go to court to defend someone guilty of a crime and to embarrass a social figure. Yes, it was the right thing to do. Yes, it meant he had the eternal loyalty of a surgeon. But it was so much more than that. Monsoon was dating her brother. Elijah would never ask him to do anything wrong. That was not in his nature. But the pain in his eyes, seeing his sister in jail, she deserved justice, even if the rest of her life would be consigned to the back streets to make a living. Knowing that these offences meant prison and not local jail, but Pluto, was more than he could bear. So Monsoon did what he did best. He found out things. He made people aware he had found out things. He made it absolutely clear what would happen to those things if they decided to keep pushing. And eventually, his obstinacy won. The case was abandoned and Priva walked out into the admittedly artificial feel of fresh air. Elijah thanked him. The solar force were less understanding. While he had not breached protocols, he was certainly on the edge of it. His career ground to a halt. Nothing specific, nothing ever written down, but his career ground to a halt. Much as the Solar Force had to act on the frontier, they wouldn't, they couldn't allow their employees to decide on how justice should be awarded. That was for the courts and the wealthy. Over time, things settled down a little. Monsoon towed the line, put reports in on time, managed to arrest people who arrived at detention less injured. In general, despite himself, behaved. It was not in his nature but it was what he knew Elijah wanted, for the best of both of them. And damn, he loved Elijah. The passage of time flowed and people moved on. Some even shook his hand, but only ever if they were alone. He had shown that real justice could be fought for, could be won, could be the outcome deserved. But that decision had come at a far deeper price than mere politics. Someone, somewhere, had taken a keen interest in Monsoon Jackson, had started digging into his background, had wanted to find out what they could on him. He didn't know then, but he could feel it. Small, subtle changes in his environment, enough to set Elijah down and explain they had to have an escape plan. To stop him laughing, to explain he wasn't being silly and Elijah needed to take this seriously. To be ready if something bad was to happen. Because he knew then, hell, he'd always known. Someday it would. No matter what he did to prevent it, to slow it, it would. That was the burden, the cost of trying to do the right thing 
when you were the wrong kind of person. Mon soon pulled himself back from this pointless wallowing. He had one more visit to make, and then it was time to take down Lisa Tors, in the only way he knew it had to be. Permanently. You have been listening to Monson Jackson, created and written by Andy Case for Elite Motif Productions Limited. The narrator, Monson Jackson, was voiced by Cameron K. McEwen. Other characters were voiced by Michelle Duncan and Cameron K. McEwen. The adverts were voiced by Heather Dent Cowan. The story, all names, characters and incidents portrayed in this production are fictitious. Copyright 2018.